0: What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always, and I'm bringing you guys a new episode series. Um, it's not going to be one after the other right now because there's going to be pods on me covering NBA games and things that happen around the league, maybe even outside of the NBA basketball-wise. Um, but I want to add uh, episodes like this one, uh, which I'm introducing to you guys for the first time. This is the first official podcast reaction tour okay now i'm going to explain what this is exactly right uh this is a segment slash series that i'm actually really excited to bring along with the nba coverage so there's going to be episodes uploaded under the name podcast reaction tour right and then headlined by which you know what the topic was so uh it's going to be where i go around grabbing some audio clips From podcasts by NBA players like J.J. Reddick's podcast, for example, uh, audio clips from podcasts by reporters and analysts like Adrian Wojnarowski. All these people have podcasts now. Um, And my main reason for bringing these audio clips to my podcast and reacting to them is because I don't imagine that the average fan goes around listening to all the podcasts out there. Because one, it's a lot of content to follow along with NBA games and obviously it can be overwhelming. So, my plan for the podcast reaction tour episodes is going to be like I said, I'm bringing you guys some interesting things I hear from these people, uh, giving it to you guys, and then giving you my thoughts and opinions based on whatever topic is brought up, right? I think you guys are going to enjoy the podcast reaction tour because we're all listeners, right, of whatever content's out there. Uh, But I don't see everyone or anyone going around and reacting to what is being said by all these other people that have. Uh, such a big platform with their podcast so uh, you know everyone just kind of listens and either comments on YouTube or just keeps their their opinions to themselves right so I'm gonna bring all of this to you guys um, and yeah I hope you guys enjoy it let's get right into it yes first uh podcast reaction tour episode super hyped about this one this is a pretty recent episode that came out uh this is from the jj reddick podcast obviously if you read the show notes or the title of the pod episode uh you know that this one is going to be about uh the jj reddick podcast obviously it's called the old man and the three and they had donovan mitchell on the podcast recently so this is going to be uh an episode obviously just taking some of the topics that I thought were interesting from the Donovan Mitchell interview. I'm going to be playing the audio clips. I'm going to give you my reaction, what I think, what's to be expected, how things are going based on what Donovan Mitchell has said. Um, You know, it's going to be a pretty pretty interesting bit of information for people. And I think that this is going to be awesome for the listeners that don't want to just scavenge around uh, to listen to everything. I'm bringing you all of these things to my pod So you guys can just hear these things. Obviously, now I'm going to have the link to the entire interview. um, Obviously, because uh, the interview is (laughs) like an hour plus, right? I'm not going to break down an hour plus interview. These are going to be a couple of clips. This episode should be nice, short, and sweet. Just a couple of of bits that I liked from the the pod and things that I found interesting. I'm going to be playing here shortly. And like I said, the link to the whole interview... Uh, with you know the JJ Redick podcast, obviously the old man and the three, uh, the link's gonna be in the show notes for you guys to check it out if you want to s- actually watch the full interview with Donovan Mitchell. Uh, the link will be in the show notes for you guys. But yeah, so the first topic uh, that I found interesting, uh, and this is basically in order. I have the timestamps on my notes so I can give you guys the right timestamps as well. So uh, basically, the interview is obviously long, right? It's like an hour plus, but Um, somewhere along the beginning, this is the 29 minute mark, what I have stamped here. Donovan Mitchell talks about, you know, having something to prove, right? Since the trade to the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I'm going to let you guys listen to it because there's no point in me talking about it and then making you hear it again. So check this out and we'll come back.
1: As you sort of come in here, um, what are your sort of expectations for this team? Um, you know, I, a reporter asked me this. I think when I first got here, I said, "On paper, we we look scary. You know, we have the potential to be that. But coming in, we haven't done anything. You know, and I think that's kind of been the mindset with the group. Which I'm I, I'm glad that it mirrors my own feelings coming in. It's like we have something to prove as a group. Um, we we can really be really good, but we, it's going to take some time. You know, it's going to we we, we want to win now. That that's where why, that's why we play. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, yeah, we want to contend for the first and like I've been doing that <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like i want to win a championship and these guys we all feel the same way in this group in this building we all feel the same way so that's what we're preparing for and you know for us like we have the talent man we have the group we have guys who are locked in we have guys that you know know each other's roles know where we want to be and the biggest thing now is just just figuring each other out
0: so you heard obviously donovan mitchell in that audio clip basically talking about you know having something to prove this season If you're a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, if you're a Donovan Mitchell fan, if you're on the Cavs team, if you're the coach, the GM, whatever it is, you are definitely happy and you feel good hearing that out of Donovan Mitchell because obviously, you know, this is a guy that we we are starting to, as fans, and you can kind of get the idea if you look around, a lot of people are questioning Donovan Mitchell, right? Like, oh, this is a max contract guy. Is this is a this is a guy that's going to be the number one option in your franchise, right? Like, is this the guy you live and die with or are we sure this is the guy we want? There's a lot of questions about that, you know, but obviously there's two sides to the coin. There's still people that still like me, I still think that Donovan Mitchell can be a number one option. I think he can be your best player because he's a guy that he can get his own basket. He can attack the rim. He he creates for himself, right? That's like number one. That's what you need that, right? You absolutely, if your number one option can't create offense for himself, it's a problem. Because if you live and die with someone that needs catch and shoot opportunities or coming off of screens and things like that, if your go-to guy is someone like that that can't really get a basket for themselves, the team's probably not really good, right? So, Um donovan mitchell is in the tier of he's a shot creator, right? He can get to the basket He can finish over some crazy contact over a lot of tall lanky defenders. He's really athletic. He's smart you know You can definitely have him as your best player and win a lot of games. We've seen proof of that Right, so it's not like it's not doable with donovan mitchell um, but you know, it's, it's, it's the defensive side where he's going to take the next leap. Like, we know what he's capable of on offense. But if he can just keep guys in front of him defensively, you know, that's where we'll see the next gear for Donovan Mitchell. Even if his numbers might slide a little bit, right, like his offensive numbers. But if his defense picks up, he enters a different tier, right? Like... I think we can definitely consider him a superstar, um, but, but he can definitely basically solidify the superstar status if he, just, if he just picks up defensively. But I'll get into that a little bit later on this episode. Right now, I'm going to play another clip for you guys about Donovan Mitchell talking about just how close uh, he could have been traded to some other teams. So take a listen.
1: Pri- prior to the trade actually being consummated and and finalized, were there close calls? Were there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Specifically, <laughs> yeah. the New York Knicks. <laughs> yeah, like when I tell you, like I got traded. What September third, maybe something like that. Like on the first, I went to sleep. Like okay, I'm on. I'm on the Knicks. Like I'm. I'm going to New York. Uh, I'm building a house back home. I was already doing that anyway. So I'm like, all right, we got to expedite that. Like, we got to get all this stuff figured out. And, you know, just two days later, you know, my agent called me and said I was going to Cleveland. So that was a shock uh, at first. But I would say that, that was a moment when I was like pretty certain that that was going to be the case. And, you know, I literally, I told everybody like, all right, guys, keep it quiet, but this is, this is probably going to happen.
0: So for any, <laughs> for any listeners that are Knicks fans, <laughs> <laughs> on the scale of 1 to 10, how how triggered <laughs> does that make you feel to know that just another superstar, another rising star guard, which is clearly the position the Knicks need, right? They needed before they got Jalen Brunson. It's just another guy that gets away, right, for the Knicks. And I talked about this potential trade um, that Donovan Mitchell would end up on the Knicks. And I was also telling everyone, you know, does the does that backcourt make sense? Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson, and I was saying, no, that backcourt doesn't make sense uh, defensively, you know, because of the size and just you know, just a uh, really undersized backcourt, right? We'll get like a like a CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard backcourt kind of like vibes from these two guys, right? But it didn't matter. Right. I also said that the that the trade would actually still be really good for the Knicks because the Knicks now would have two different assets that they could eventually trade down the line uh, on whichever one they feel uh, is best suited for, you know, whatever their future is. So, you know, a Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell backcourt, while it might not have been great, uh, it could have been good. You know, I don't know. Um, We also don't know what the Knicks what the real trade would have ended up looking like. You know, there's all these hypotheticals of what was offered, what wasn't offered. Um, but then obviously what happens is he get he ends up going to the Cavs. So, you know, it's just one of those added stories of stars that are like seconds or, or days from ending up on the New York Knicks roster and they end up somewhere else, right? Um, that really sucks, <laughs> you know? Um, I can't imagine what being a Knicks fan is like, swinging and missing, swinging and missing, you know, hopes crushed, dreams crushed every season, every free agency, uh, every trade deadline, you know, uh, especially hearing Donovan Mitchell say that he was dead set on, okay, I guess I'm I'm out to New York, and then two days later, he gets a call from his agent, and he ends up getting traded to the Cavs, pretty crazy stuff, you know, Um it's It was crazy to hear how close it really was because, you know, you always hear rumors about, oh, yeah, the Knicks are involved. The Knicks want this guy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but obviously, this is one of those where it was real, you know. Um, now I want to actually play another audio clip uh, of something that supports. This is Donovan Mitchell saying basically supporting what I was saying when the Rudy Gobert trade happened. And I have an episode on the Rudy Gobert trade Couple of episodes ago, it's like in the 20s. I'm not sure which episode it was at this point, but it was me basically talking about, uh, you know, that Rudy Gobert was scapegoated and left cleaning up the mess. But I don't want to give up too much info, so listen to this next clip.
1: You know, our st- weakness for for two years was the spacing threes. Like it just was. We I didn't. We as guards didn't do a great job because for so for so long our defense was predicated on if we got a guy on our side he basically let him go and up to Rudy, you know, and that had worked and it worked, but eventually this is the NBA. Teams are going to figure it out. Like, you know what I mean? And the Clippers were the first team to really do that. I mean, James Harden and the Houston Rockets did it too, but no one really, we weren't as big of contenders. My first two years, when we played those when we played the Rockets versus three, four and five. Um, so the Clippers, you know, we got, we lost the games, game six. And we lost that series in, in that way. And then that's how teams started to play us. And that's just, that's on us. Like, I, I, I don't really, you know, like I can sit here and make all these, It's just on us. We just got to keep a man in front. We didn't do that. And then when Rudy would come over, they just spray in threes. Like, you know, um, that, that's just on us. And we just got to, we had to have been better and we weren't. That's on me as a leader to, to not find a way. And, you know, I'm, I'm willing to. To take that. Like that's my job. That's why I get like I have yeah. to take that. You know what I'm saying? And for me, it's like, okay, how do we get better? And that went into the summer that I'm speaking of because I just wasn't as good as I wanted to be.
0: So obviously that was a lot to take in, right? But uh point being, right? So what I like about this is obviously, you know, he's supporting what I was talking about on some older pods, right? About Rudy Gobert. That yes, he's a great paint defender. Um, and people will really hate and still do still hate on Rudy Gobert to this day. Um, and I understand, right? Because he doesn't put up crazy numbers. He doesn't really add to his bag. He doesn't really develop his game. He just kind of stays the same player every year. Shot blocker, rebounder, shot blocker, rebounder, shot blocker, rebounder, right? Like he does nothing else. Scores. He scores if, if there's an alley-oop and he's diving to the basket or if he's literally right under the rim and he can just put it up. Uh really has no bag. So I understand why people attack Rudy Gobert. Um, but it goes with what I was saying, right? So Donovan Mitchell obviously explaining the game plan defensively for Utah was on the perimeter, just funnel guys to Rudy Gobert, which is pretty standard stuff, right? You you do your best, but but basically you're leading the offensive player. So you're the defender, right? You're leading the guy you're guarding into Rudy Gobert so that Rudy Gobert can get a block. The problem is these guys weren't just like, okay, let's funnel them to Rudy Gobert. No, they were just not even putting effort. Like everyone's getting beat on the perimeter and Rudy Gobert ends up having to leave the corners on Maxi Kleber, on Dorian Finney-Smith, on whatever shooter that they parked in the corner and then obviously free corner threes every time, Um, you know, and obviously they'll just it it'll look bad on Rudy Gobert because he's running around trying to cover ground but the 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 start of the issue where the guards getting beat in the first place and while i already knew this right i'm glad that donovan mitchell talks about that and also says that it is on him as well as one of the guards that needs to defend better needs to have guys needs to keep guys in front of him right and i like that that's a focus of his you know, because because that goes hand in hand with what I've been saying on this episode and on previous ones about Donovan Mitchell. He's a superstar, in my opinion, uh, but he can he, he has like there's some doubters. Right. There's a lot of people that think he's not a superstar yet. Right. And I think that if he picks up his defense, he doesn't have to be a lockdown defender. But if he's just respectable, like a guy that teams don't just scheme to attack him then I think people can't really say anything else about Donovan Mitchell because at that point, he's holding his own ground on defense and he's carrying the team offensively. So that's what I wanted to talk about that. It was a lot to take in to hear that audio clip, but it's super important information, especially for anyone that listens to this podcast and hates on Rudy Gobert uh, because that's a clear example of why Rudy looked so bad. In a lot of the series because again the perimeter players are getting beat and then he's cleaning up the mess uh but yeah let's get into the next clip here uh this is obviously donovan mitchell uh kind of continuing that conversation uh with jj reddick and uh tommy alter basically talking about coming into the nba right known as a defender right and yeah they get right into it so check it out
1: and people will say like well you got to be better on defense like, for you, what does that mean? Like, keep how, man how in do you? Front. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's the NBA. Like, you know, I could play great defense, but at the end of the day, like, you're gonna hit a shot. Like, you know, the spacing's different. Like, there's a lot more room to get by, but it's, it was the level that I was getting beat at that I wasn't proud of. You know, like, there's, you're gonna get beat. Like, it happens. Like, guys score, guys do that. But it was just, like, the point of attack. Like, you can't get beat point of attack every possession. Can't keep a guy in the paint. Like, just be better. Like whatever it means, whether it's your technique. Like I'm, I'm closing out. I'm, I'm, I'm wide. I'm open up lane. you just going right by me. Like it's bad technique. So literally, I'm in the gym. Like okay, just closeouts. Like closeouts. That's all, like summer. Like just closeouts. Get, oh, get your reps in, but then closeouts. Just simple stuff. Like it's nothing. Like you said, I came into, like, I played for Rick Patino. Like Rick was probably mad at me for like to, for that. I'm not gonna lie. But you know, it's just little things that you can work on, and that I had, I had gravitated away from because I was doing a lot offensively, and I kind of was just like, oh. Like I'm, I'm tired. But for me, it's like you just keep him man in front. It's not hard, you know, to to be able to just do that to make him take at least three or four dribbles. And that way, there's gonna be at least some type of help there, you know. And if they hit a contested shot over you, then then so be it. Guys are talented, but that was where I was really disappointed. It Was just like, man, I'm just getting beat. But you look at, I look back and I've watched that series probably three or four times, and it's just like the lazy closeout and then and then getting beat. Um, like you guys got to be better, like 110. percent
0: obviously, you know, good stuff, right? You you think about it as a Cavs fan or a Donovan Mitchell fan, you know, as someone that's wanted to see more out of him on both ends, right? Um, because it's obviously, you know, he's human, right? Like, obviously. Um, and I But I like that he's admitting to kind of giving up on defense because he added so much to his bag offensively. Um, and obviously, he picked up such a big responsibility. It is exhausting to be a two-way player. I mean, that's why... That's that's a big reason why you don't see two way players as much, and why when you do see them, you think about wow, this you know they're so valuable, right? Um, you know, think about think about the the idea of how many offensive players we have in the NBA. We have a bunch of people that can score, right? But can they play on the other side? Can they defend? Not really, right? Not really. And you know, if Donovan Mitchell can add some two way ability. Right. Like I'm not saying a lockdown defender, but someone that that isn't going to be attacked right over and over again and taken advantage of. Right. Um, and so obviously, you know, that's something that that will be the knock on him until we see some changes. Right. Until we get a bigger sample size this season. Um, now, I do want to get into the last bit of this episode, which is Donovan Mitchell talking about his new mindset uh since he joined the Cavs, right after after the trade what he expects night in and night out but check it out
1: and you prepare for it now or when camp starts so like there's certain times in practice where guys will be like that's a foul well i'm like we're not getting that in game three in milwaukee so get over it like stop complaining to like the little things you can start to put into situations like even when you're playing throughout the regular season like you know certain turnovers, like, yeah, we're up 20 against the the bottom team in the league and we're probably going to win this game in the fourth. But I've been up 20 in the third quarter and we've lost 12 times (laughs) last year in Utah. So, like, kind of going at it from that standpoint is the best way, I think, to prepare for it because um, until you're there, you're there. But how do you prepare before that happens? And I, a lot of it for me is turnovers and foul calls, like in the defensive mishaps. Like, oh, oh, like, no, there's none of that. Hold yourself to the highest level um, and you're not going to be perfect. You're going to fuck up. Like, you're not going to be perfect. But if you can hold yourself to that every day and exaggerate it, like, get overboard with it. So When it becomes routine, we're in March, April, May, June, and it's like, oh, this is what it is. Even the moment at its highest, you're still falling back to those habits because you're used to playing through whatever.
0: So with that last part that I wanted to show on this episode, um, you know, just a little bit of Donovan Mitchell, if you haven't listened or watched that episode of the interview highly recommended it. it was really good obviously you always get a nice little perspective uh from the player outside of the court right this is not like this is what i like about these podcasts the environment is more welcoming to the player it's more chill it's more laid back it's not like in the middle of a halftime right like or, or in between in between games you know like with reporters and things like that you know these podcasts you really get the truth you know you might get some cap here and there right let's be honest you know some people are probably going to lie a little bit but or exaggerate um but for the most part you know we get a lot of good gems from these types of pods um but nonetheless you know obviously Donovan Mitchell talking about you know just the mindset right like he's been down he's blown leads uh time and time again and you know and and having that that fake comfort of oh we got this we got this and then the game slips away right Um, You know, that's an approach that you need to have, right? If you want to advance in the playoffs, right? You want to get rid of teams quickly, right? And so you're going to attack every game the same way, right? It doesn't guarantee you the wins, but it guarantees the maximum effort, right? Every game. Because let's be honest, we've seen regular season games. We've seen playoff games, Where the game ends, and you hear the coach say, "Oh yeah, the effort wasn't there," or like, you know, "Oh, you know, we guys didn't show up today," you know, things like that, right? Um, You know, we've had historic teams. Obviously, yeah, they have some bad games, but the effort's there, right? And that's something that the Cavs need to keep having, right? And he mentioned along that interview that he doesn't that this Cavs team was rated very well defensively, and he doesn't want to be joining this team, and then all of a sudden the defensive rating drops, right? So you don't want to be the reason that that people are talking about, oh, the Cavs are worse on defense. Oh, no surprise, Donovan Mitchell's on the team, right? Like that's definitely going to be an argument. It's going to be something that happens and it might not even be Donovan Mitchell's fault at that point, you know, because realistically, you're either going to you're going to go up or down, right? You're especially a young team like this, that still has some, some young pieces still, still kind of learning how to win games. Right. Uh, remember this team didn't, wasn't able to get to the playoffs, right? Like they had their playing games, but that's it, right? Like they couldn't, they couldn't make it into the playoffs. So, uh, you know, this is a team that has a lot of promise. Now they have <laughs> a massive weapon and one of the biggest offensive weapons in the league from a guard perspective. So, You know, this is a this is a Cavs team that I'm going to be watching right over the weekend. And I'm going to do an episode talking about the games I've watched for the Cavs since I have talked about uh, Donovan Mitchell on this one. What I'm going to be doing is I'm going to catch multiple games from the Cavs now on League Pass. And I'm going to drop an episode right away uh, for what I've seen from the Cavs with the small with the small sample size that we have so far with these couple of games that we've had this season so far. So, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the first official episode of Podcast Reaction Tour featuring Donovan Mitchell. This is the All Things Basketball podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.